Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to another episode of Shots Fired. Joining me, as always, is Chisanga Malata and the man, the myth, the legend this week, Kairos Bodley. What's good? What's good, people? What's going on, Kairos? For those of you who aren't actually tuning in with the uh, video capability that we're actually um, dishing out, Kairos Bodley is on the couch. Kairos Bodley is almost horizontal. Explain yourself, my man. I mean, you just look either really laid back or really sick. Which one is it? That booster's whooping my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to interrupt here. I'm going to interrupt. Kairos, where did you get that shirt? And the people who are listening, listening, Kairos has got this dope Goosebumps shirt. Oh, shit. That is awesome, man. I got it at a, what's the store called? Uh, uh, TJ Maxx. That's what it's called, TJ Maxx. Okay, we've got a UK equivalent called TK Max over here, but <laughs> no I, fucking way. Yeah, yeah, it's called TK Max. It's called TK. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I used to. I I, I had to interject there because I loved Goosebumps as a kid. Like I, I even had like this. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've still got it in my childhood bedroom at my mum and dad's house. Like this, uh, like kind of horror bookcase, like that came with like the set of like thirty oh, Goosebumps books. Yeah, so I've still got I've still got that. So I, that's why I had to interject and, and ask because it's a dope T-shirt. Well, if we're doing the dope T-shirt rounds, let's introduce our T-shirts. I'm rocking the Violet Money Mint Green Edition on black, all black everything. So sh- chaps go out to Violet Money. What are you rocking this week, Chisanga? <laughs> You're gonna think I'm some like some. I'm trying to think. Uh, some rug- rugby boy. I've got some like Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt on. Abercrombie and Fitch. I knew you would wear that. You seem like the type to wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Uh, well, I used to more so when I was younger, but now like they're just kind of just like casual t-shirts. Like mm-hmm. people's styles change or what have you, but no, like I'm too old for that shop anyway now, man. Like I went, like the only reason I'd go in there would be to buy the aftershave, you know, fierce, because that, that shit smells nice. But uh, it's like it's like seventy dollars, seventy pounds a bottle, which is ridiculous. So yeah, it's expensive, man. I mean, nah, I ain't paying that shit. See, every week you guys come in here, and there's—I have to say—this uh, this violet money green is kind of fitting how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling green with envy. I'm looking at your arms, brother, and I'm thinking to myself. I'm making no gains in the gym. What are you doing? What supplements are you taking? (laughs) (laughs) You look incredible, man. I'm getting nowhere. To be honest, um, I probably would would fail a USADA test purely because of the pre-workouts that I take. They probably have (laughs) things that that aren't meant to be in there. But no, honestly, the only supplements I take are protein powder, creatine, and uh, pre-workout. And that's it, so... Damn, and your routine, see, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing one day cardio and another day just all weights. Yeah. Am I doing this wrong? No, I'm making no no, no, gains at all. Not necessarily. So, well, maybe you just need to increase your calories then. So what, like what I do, it it depends on if I'm trying to, like now I'm trying to put on a bit of size. So like I'm adding more, more weight days. So like I'm lifting like three to four times a week, but whereas around this summertime of like the, or the previous year, I was running like maybe two or three times a week. And then I was doing some bag work and then I was like fitting in some lifting sessions in between then. But I think it's just my, my body's kind of rebounded because I've been eating more calories and uh, doing more weight. Uh. Sessions. 
So, and plus, I think I think my <laughs> now that uh, officially I'm I'm off the streets as a as a married man, my wife is trying to fatten me up. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of weights, heavyweights were in action this Saturday just gone. And I think it's only right that the man, the myth, the legend, Chisanga Malata, kicks off this week's episode. Yeah, people. I, I wanted to get into the uh, the aftermath of La Predator, Francis Ngannou's. I was going to say, I was going to use the word stunning, but that's not, a, 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 it wasn't a stunning victory. Or maybe it was stunning to a certain extent in the manner in which he came back and he, and he won because he showed us. He showed us stuff that we'd never never seen and he dug deep. There was there was he was two two rounds down and he, he dug deep and he, he got the victory. Although I will admit Sirogan possibly no, he didn't possibly, he threw that shit away. We are going for that, going for that heel hook. And I don't know if you've seen some of the memes of, uh, that have been floating about, of, like you're saying, like him trying to damage his leg or whatever. And then, like, there's a there's a bubble next to Francis, like, oh, my knees are already fucked up. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But, but I didn't want to get too much into the matchup. Um, I'm sure we will talk about that later. But I wanted to get into the the fallout, the subsequent fallout of uh, of uh, UFC 270, which immediately began in the octagon when Mick Maynard was the one to wrap the heavyweight title, the, the coveted heavyweight title around the waist of Francis Ngannou. Now, I didn't see... Well, I, I was busy writing during the, the, the Moreno-Figueredo uh, fight, so I, I didn't pay attention to see if Dana White had wrapped it around. So I didn't know, I didn't make anything of it to begin with because I didn't even know Dana was there. I knew he, well, or didn't know he was cage side or, or what have you. So it was only afterwards when I saw the tweets that like, oh, damn, Dana really got up and left and then Mick Maynard had to do it. So, yeah, and then subsequently, <laughs> Dana, um, well... We don't know if he had an emergency or whatever, but uh, I, I highly doubt that. Dana White decided to skip the post-fight press conference, which is a rarity, especially for the uh, post-fight press conferences for numbered events. So Francis Ngannou was also in the dark about this. He, 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 he I think in the post-fight press conference, he said something along the lines of, oh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know why he skipped it. You're going to have to ask him why he, did, he skipped it and put the belt on me. And I thought that's where it would, uh, where it end. But then subsequently afterwards, um, Francis and B revealed on the, it was MMA hour. He was on. He was speaking to Ariel. He revealed that his manager Markel Martin hours a matter of hours before the fight received a text message threatening legal action for alleged talks with Jake Paul's uh, manager slash business partner and former UFC CFO Nikisa Bedarian. So there's a lot to get, to, uh, there's a lot to unpack and dissect over the, the last few days. But first of all, I wanted to start with the, um, the post-fight snub, which is, we'll call it a spade a spade, it was a post-fight snub. And I want, I want the heat right from the off. So I'm going to go to Mr. Kairos Bodley. What were your thoughts on Dana White not wrapping the belt on Francis Ngannou and snubbing the uh, post-fight press conference? Sounds about white to me, you know, I just, I wasn't expecting him to be so petty, but it was just like, all right, now he's not there. I'm like, maybe he's going to be, I don't know. At a certain point, people got to stop like trying to give him a pass, stop trying to make excuses, stop trying to accept like any excuse. It's just so fucking annoying when it's so glaring in your face about someone who does not like a certain someone based off of whatever reasoning it might be and then they act out in a matter like it's like come on bro for how much dana hated tito was was he leaving the cage when tito was 
well, when he seldomly won. <laughs> was he leaving the cage when Tito was winning? Was he not showing up to the press conference when Tito was fighting? Like, come on. Come on, dog. It's just, I've had enough of it. And the other thing about the situation that gets me a little... Wait, you might be talking about that topic. Yeah, no, we no, 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 carry on, carry on. We'll just roll, we'll just roll with it. I just see a lot of journalists who have a, like, they have had no problem keeping their fucking bitch-ass mouths open to talk. But on this topic, they seem to fucking not want to talk. I saw John Annex say, I see so many people who don't even follow me on what my opinion on this topic. Bitch, because you can't fucking close your mouth on the broadcast. Fucking talk now. You got no problem fucking opening up your mouth. Talk about Courtney Casey playing fucking soccer in college. Bitch, who gives a fuck? She's lost all of her fights. Why the fuck are the loudest people in media who come forth with information that we don't give a fuck about, who constantly can't shut their fucking mouths, automatically have their mouths shut on this topic? Aaron Bronson, or however the fuck you say his name, was like, well, listen, guys, um, you expect me to do the X, Y, and Z and talk about this topic and talk about this topic? Yes, bitch. He was arguing with Ariel on the timeline saying, why are you guys talking about this? What? How many times do we read something from Aaron and think, the fuck are you talking about? The fuck are you bringing this shit up for? He brings up some of the most corny fucking topics ever. And then got the audacity to come in there and say, I don't know why you're talking about this. Bitch, you're one to talk. Shut the fuck up and report or shut the fuck up and just don't talk. Like, it's so fucking unbelievable. Who people's job to disseminate information automatically don't want to disseminate information. That's it's just so ironic, you know? And I'm about to get a headache because my I'm lightheaded and fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. Well said, Kairos that regains his senses, Mike. What were your what were your thoughts on uh, the snub and how everything's played out since then? Put it this way, it's true to form, isn't it? This is Dana White 101. This isn't the first time that we've seen him snub people in cage. If I remember rightly, maybe I'm living on an alternative timeline or a, a, another multiverse, but didn't he do something similar to Stipe and to Tyron Woodley? Now, for me, I'm kind of like thinking, why is everybody so surprised? There was beef going into it. It didn't turn out the way that he wanted it to. So there was no way that he was going to eat crow. There was no way that he was going to stand up in front of the media and explain himself, explain exactly how this is now going to have an effect for the narrative which they wanted and now the narrative that they are faced with. So it wasn't any surprise that he dipped dipped from the cage, dipped from the press conference. And it's, I have to say, I agree 100% with what Kairos was saying in terms of the media and those people who are speaking and those people who are not. But let's not, too put, let's not put too fine a point on it. It's because of access. It's because of what will happen as a result of coming out with what we are all saying openly, what we are all addressing openly. And... For me, that is not surprising. That is not surprising at all. Who is saying what and who isn't saying what should be discussed. Okay, but here's my problem with that, all right? Then just shut the fuck up. Don't go on Twitter saying, I don't know why y'all asking me for this. Just shut the fuck up. If you can't talk about it, you don't want to talk about it, don't fucking even mention people talking to you about it. Because now you just seem like you want to be a victim in this shit. It's like, if there's anybody who's not a victim, it's you fucking motherfuckers. Like, shut up, please. Like, God, they are like... I have never seen two people forget it. <laughs> forget it. No, I get, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, to to be doing your job uh, properly, you have you have to talk about all, all the topics, regardless of of, of potential blowback. I mean, you, you do you have you, you have to. I mean, otherwise, you're not doing your your, your journalistic duty. But um, 
Yeah. So also, what did you make of the the uh, well, I, I was about to say the alleged threat of legal action it is legal legal action. The threat of legal action is there that was sent to them hours before uh, before the fight that was relayed to Markel Martin hours before the fight. Kairos. They knew what they were doing by that. They're trying to fucking throw him off his game. They're trying to fucking like stuff like that. Really, guys, really. It reminds me of that story where Brendan shot and it's from Brendan shop. Take this shit with a grain of salt. But he said that leading up to the Till versus Woodley fight, he heard people in the front office saying, I hope that black bitch loses or something along the lines of that. Like, there were people in the front office of the UFC saying some shit like that. It's like, that sounds about right, though. I'm not going to sit here and be like, nah, they love Woodley. They fucking couldn't stand his ass. They fucking hated him. So, like, for that, that isn't too far-fetched for me. So the fact that the UFC opted to say, all right, we're going to put this information out right before you fight the day of, it was more than just a cease and desist type of shit. It was more like, we're trying to make you lose. We are trying to ensure that you do not win. We don't want you as a champion anymore. We haven't wanted you as a champion, and we've been disrespecting you as a champion since the day you became champion. The fact that they created an interim title well then within four months of him winning the title, even though he said he was ready to defend it within five months, it was just like, no, that's not good enough for us. You better fight in four. Like, it was just like, come on, y'all. Y'all let Robert Whitaker take a fucking year and a half off in between fights. Y'all let fucking so many champions pick and choose fights. So many champions go long layoffs without fighting. And you could say injury this and you could say injury that. Cipe hasn't been injured with every single year layoff that he's taken. Fucking spare me. What's he doing right now? Is he injured right now? No, he's not fucking fighting. He's waiting to get his shot at a title because he doesn't ever fight contenders anymore. He just gets rematches for a title because he can't hold on to the fucking title no more. So fucking spare me with y'all making these excuses about people doing certain shit and it being, oh, well, that's not, no. They fucking don't like him. They wanted him to fucking lose. And him winning made them realize, even when we control this organization, we still can't control this motherfucker. Good for Francis. Fuck them all in the ass. Fuck that shit. Yeah, and I don't know if you also saw, I think it was on Saturday or, or, Friday, well, or Friday, the, the text message that Markel Martin received from a Las Vegas number no less. Um, I'm going to read out the text message. Uh, two seconds. I've got it in front of me. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, so the yeah, last word yeah, after tonight. Yeah, yeah. You dumb so black bitch. bitch. And it's interesting. It's interesting, Kairos, that you use the phraseology "black bitch" in in uh, when referring to how it was related about Tyron Woodley. Because here we go again, you dumb black bitch. The fact that Francis would ever listen to you lets you know how much of a dumb piece of shit he is. After this, you will go back to selling suits at Nordstrom, you fucking moron. Now it's interesting, just to piggyback off what you just said there, Kyle, in terms of being put off your game, that this, in that kind of like lead up to the fight was yet another distraction, yet another piece of stress, yet another, um, I'm just going to come out and say it, attempt to throw, um, hit, well, throw Francis off his game. Now, you can imagine the ramifications that, you know, a, a phone call around legal action would have. You can imagine what stress, what heartache, what disappointment could be expressed from Markel Martin and that camp when actually, I can imagine that coming through would be the last thing you'd expect. It would be the last thing you'd want to be the last thing, basically, after a slew of stress and strife that I would have thought that would be the straw that broke the camel's back, but it didn't. It yeah. strengthened the team. It no, seemed as though they won in spite of 
all of that. And that they should be credited with that because I, I, I think that this is just a tip of the iceberg as to what we're being kind of like exposed to. I believe that there was more. And this just seems to have one effect or is designed for one effect and one effect only, and that is for Francis to lose. Yeah, and I mean, it, you you mentioned it there. Francis had like a, the uh, the odds were well and truly stacked against him. And to use um to use it to use like a gambling gambling phrase or gambling terminology, the house normally always wins. The house the house didn't win in this sense, and the house being the the, the UFC. Um, yeah, I, I, and obviously we have to, as as Kyra said, with uh, regards to the the Brendan Schaub claim because th this guy makes some out outrageous claims we, we have we have to say allegedly but i mean uh, that's, but that's okay no 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 I, Hear me I, out. Think... I, was, I was gonna say that 702 number that's a las vegas that's a las vegas code so i mean uh, it yeah I, I, people can draw their own conclusions people are smart enough to 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 to, to, to connect the dots but or uh, you're, you're you're itching to say something, Kyrus. Jump in. I'm just saying, like they, Brent. People can say what they want about Brendan with how he speaks and how he me makes stuff up or messes stuff up or whatever. But last time I checked, he saved lies on the interstate, and they tried to call him a liar. And it turned out he was telling the truth that time too. <laughs> so don't try and discredit Brendan Child with everything he do. That man saved lives, and they didn't give him his flowers for that. They were no, calling no, him a liar no. for a week straight. Then the police report came, the report came out and eyewitnesses said he was actually pulling people out the car and doing all this shit that happened. And then they were quiet as fuck. Because that's how people are. They're, they're always there. Go against you with the pickets signs and the fucking pitchforks saying you ain't shit, you ain't do this shit in your life. And when it comes out that you were telling the truth and that is actually your life that you live, they're quiet as fuck. So fuck y'all motherfuckers without Brendan Child. That's the homie. <laughs> no, I know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, but literally, it's, it's like you said, I remember that situation. And and I think I think the the skepticism was uh, was initially warranted because of his, his previous comments and stuff that he said before. But as you said, when the police report came out and several eyewitnesses and se several people not connected corroborated his story, nobody subsequently said, "Oh, well, you know what? Fair play to you," or whatever. Nobody did that. But that's just the way that like the world is, especially the Twitter world. You know what I mean? People will be quick to quick to vilify you, and then when it transpires. I mean, I had the same thing with the whole, the whole um, Roman Bogatov's coach. Remember with the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had that same thing. I know. I mean, and I even remember I was speaking to Pizzi, Pizzi Carroll about, and he was like, you were, you were probably almost, my apology drew more attention to it than actually, um, th th than, than actually than the initial tweet or then the, the initial thing. And then subsequently when uh, Kareem Zajan uh, like verified Carrizo Dan, obviously, who's very well versed in in the in the extremism world and, and what have you. When he verified uh, the, the claim that I made, <coughs> I didn't I didn't get any apologies from pe from people who were calling me everything. And there were there were some people that like there was one guy in particular. I can't remember his name off the top of his head. He's he's a prominent MMA account. I think he's got like maybe ten thousand followers, right? But the, the names the names fucking escaping me. Web. Honestly, honestly, like I, I, I would air him out if I, if I could remember off the top. Art of War Six or Art of no, War Nine. Well, no, hit. Well, he's another one. He's another one. Anyway, but okay. um, but uh, yeah, like yeah, people were 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 
were coming at me even went left, right, and center. But then when Kareem came out and put it out, and then obviously corroborated what I'd said, nothing. So I understand that from Brennan Shaw's point of view. And I, I want to move on from Francis uh, because, well, you know, because we've been talking about him for a while, but there's still a bit more to talk about him. What's next for Francis? Because I think, barring a stripping, which I think the UFC know would make them look very bad, but I think they might potentially just think, right, fuck it, we don't care about the blowback. I think he's in a very good position. And I think if he plays it right, he's going to get a big payday and that payday is going to come against John Jones. Him, like now, at this moment in time, John and Francis have a whole heap of leverage because I think the UFC now know that in order to entice Francis to stay, they need to give him a big money fight. And that big money fight at this moment in time is John Jones. Now, I don't know whether they're going to bow down to remember John was saying that like eight to 10 million dollars was, was too too little for this like too little a, a purse but they're gonna have to get, go somewhere near somewhere near there if they don't want Francis to become a free agent and just walk say into straight into boxing he's I'm not gonna say he's gonna go and win against a top contender or whatever but he might go and might make like a five million dollar payday right off the bat but and also obviously once Francis becomes uh, a free agent the UFC do have a period of time where they have a it's a, a right to match period in there in, in the clause of contract and I believe it's 90 days but if Francis for instance gets a say like a three or four million dollar offer from from top rank the UFC ain't gonna match that so or, or what have you so they're gonna have to do something they're gonna have to pull a rabbit out of the hat and for me I think all signs are pointing to Francis Agano, John Jones, and Mr. Morgan, what's your thoughts on this before Mr. Kairos closes out on this topic? I don't think payday is the issue here. I think Francis had said several times after the fight and even leading up, money is not really the issue here. It's one of them. It's so. freedom. That's what's really kind of like underpinning where he goes next, what he does next. It's the freedom and flexibility for that contract to not just be weighted in the UFC favour, which it will always be. So I think the expectation is a little bit uh, misguided if that's what he expects. But he wants it to be that he gets more in terms of um, freedom, freedom to do what he wants. So maybe he, he will have a clause in there which allows him to box and have the UFC support on that which I can't see them actually doing. I can't see them acquiescing to his wish to have more freedom because that kind of like not only um, makes a mockery of this whole notion that no star is bigger than the UFC, unless your name's Conor McGregor, but it also makes them look a bit dumb because that is what they've been arguing up until this point and they have said, we are not shifting. So imagine all of a sudden, shifting it's like well your energy could have been better placed from a brand management point of view from a reputational point of view of being a little bit more accommodating so i can't see him getting what he wishes i think what will happen is he'll use the rest of the, the year to get the all-important operation that he needs done dusted to actually have some kind of convalescence to have some kind of like um, downtime that allows him to rest recuperate recharge himself properly, wear down his contract, because according to him, if he if he gets towards the end of the year, and that is December, and no fight has actually happened, he is free. This is according to his, and why well, it would be his management's 
uh, recollection and reading of the contract. So that is what I think is going to happen. I just can't see the UFC being bending back over backwards and even forwards and basically giving him what he wants. Can't see I, it. I know, I know he says money is not an issue, but if they say, like, look, here, here's five or six million dollars, here's five or six million dollars, yeah, I mean, he'll, 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 uh, his, his tune will change to a certain extent. But Kairos, what's your thoughts? No. No, again, sorry, just jump back in. No, no. he said, um, I I forget where I heard this. I think it might have been on Ariel's show when he was there. He left a significant amount of money on the table. And I think it was to the tune of $5 million. Oh, really? Yes. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I stand stand corrected. But anyway, I think, I I, I, I still think that they'll throw a shit ton of money at him and then... And then he'll what you call it? He'll uh, he'll he'll fight John. But and also we got to talk about like that. You have to factor in like the 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 heavyweight title pick, the heavyweight picture in in boxing anyway. But that's another conversation. Kyrus, what's your thoughts on it? I think that the UFC, the whole idea that no one is bigger than the organization, is just living proof that the organization itself and Dana White do not know how to promote. If you don't want your fighters to be bigger than your organization or sport itself, your sport's not going to take the next leap. It's just not going to, because there's certain people that you can't reach right now with the current, whatever factors stopping you, hindering you from that point anyway. And I think that the whole belief that they're going to have Francis and John fight each other for a money fight. I think it's misguided. This is the UFC is probably the way that they're looking at this situation. We already got one darky asking for more money and another darky trying to ask for more money. Why don't we let them fight each other? and cash us and ruin our pockets twofold. And for them two darkies, hell no, they ain't letting them boys fight each other. And they definitely aren't letting them do it for a lot of money. You know what they're going to do? They're going to say, here's our greatest heavyweight of all time, Stipe Miocic. He has three title defenses. He's one and one against Francis. We want to see that again. Don't you want to see it again? That's exactly how this shit's going to play out. Francis is going to tee off on his fucking ass again. And then the UFC is going to be like, holy fuck, we don't know what to do now. But I still don't think they're going to give him more money. And I still don't think that they're going to uh, let him have freedom uh, to find his own options and fill his own pockets outside of MMA because they're just stupid like that. So I think what Francis needs to do is let this contract fucking expire, take his ball and go somewhere to become a motivational speaker, do other shit, make millions doing movies, make other shit do- happen and dedicate every piece of his time to teach people to value themselves. I feel like he could make a lot of money doing that. I feel like he'd do a, make a lot of money doing that on top of him being in Hollywood and doing shit like that. And he don't are have you to trying to call. Anymore. Are you trying to call Dana White Calvin Candy from Django? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> he's not, no, he's not Calvin Candy. He is Leonardo DiCaprio. It ain't no, we ain't even going, no, no. We know who Dana is and what he is. No, he ain't Calvin Candy, no. You know who is though? Who? Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, maybe Dean Thomas. <laughs> maybe, uh, I don't know, depending on the day. We don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay, right. That's I don't want to say it. I'll say it. I'll say, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it. Nah, that was, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Calvin Candy was played by Leonardo DiCaprio. <clears throat> oh, yeah, my fault. Leonardo. I thought that was, oh, I thought that was Samuel Jackson. Nah, Steven. No, oh. Samuel L. Jackson played Stephen. Whatever. 
So you are calling you, you are calling Dana Calvin Candy then? Yes, I am, and I'm calling Dean and Daniel Co- Coonery also in that house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Morgan, I believe you're uh, you're gonna talk to us about the the savior of mixed martial arts, the man shining a light on the the good fight. Great White Hope, Jake Paul. He tweeted earlier, he tweeted earlier today, today being January the 25th, 2022. And the tweet read, I've invested in EDR, UFC. I think he was actually referring to Endeavor. Uh, Stock with my partner, Jeffrey Wu, to focus on UFC's ESG standards relating to fighters. We believe EDR can drive long-term economic value, <clears throat> excuse me, by increasing UFC fighter pay and providing them with healthcare, reaching out to engine number one to partner on this endeavor. Now, for me, <clears throat> there was a, a little bit of confusion in that actual tweet because reading that, listening um, to that back, even the words coming out my mouth just now, it seemed a little bit kind of like, okay, what's going on here? For me, reading in between the lines, it looks as though on yet another front, he's using another platform in terms of stocks and shares to actually bring up the notion of fighter pay being terrible, fighter pay being um, not commensurate with what fighters are actually deserving. Am I right in, 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 where I'm coming from and, and what I'm drawing from his words, because I can't imagine as a stockholder, he will have much sway in terms of making an impression on other stockholders. And that is the snowball effect will be that there will be some kind of recompense for the fighters, better conditions for the fighters, better pay for the fighters. So I'm gonna go with Kairos. You know, before you said that, that's the immediate first thought I thought. I was like, okay, he's using his money to get himself a seat at the table. Then he's going to parlay that into building connections with people at the table and try and invoke change that way. But the more I think about it, the more I don't think he, I don't, I don't know if he's got the juice like that, to be honest, to do. I feel like something like that is a lot harder to do and actual practice than like thinking it up and i don't know if he can do something like that it's it's good though like good for him he's gonna try good for good for him for fucking trying because very few people are gonna put their fucking money where their mouth is and put it into practice and try and do it themselves and he's doing it so you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna believe in him i'm not gonna say he can't do it i'm not gonna say he won't do i'm gonna put my faith in him because him and his brothers him and his brother have done a lot of pretty good stuff leading up to it and They've shown themselves to be allies. They've shown themselves to do a lot. And they get a lot of fucking hate just for trying to make money and have fun. And they aren't hurting anybody anymore. Um, so, like, good for them. Hopefully they can do that. And I'm sick and tired of seeing these fucking bootlickers online trying to shit on them, saying that if Francis wants X amount of money, how about he take his ass back to Africa and go back to milking cows? Or people saying shit like that. So, you know oh. what? I hope Jake, Logan, the entire enterprise gets this shit done so all these fucking incels and bozos and morons and incompetent blowhards can fucking eat us can eat their words <laughs> um yeah that was a good that was a good message but i i, I well 
I think you were the word you were going to say was uh, the a crude word for a phallus. I think that was the word you were going <laughs> to. It was going to be worse. It was going to be worse. And I was like, I won't do that. <laughs> I'll tell you after what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I, I'm by no means clued up on like stocks and and and, and what have you, but um, I think it was interesting to say uh, to see that one of Ariel's followers. Um, Ariel was, was talking about this today and he revealed that so the investment firm Jake Paul was is uh, t- teaming up with engine number one um, they're apparently they're uh, a pioneer of corporate activism through investment and despite having uh, earn of uh, owning 0.02 percent of stocks in Exxon Mobil, they have four seats on the board of Exxon Mobil. so Wait, what yes so but yeah, that, that that that's that's pretty big. That's that, that that's pretty big. So I mean, by by the sounds of it, potentially they 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 could um, be in a position to make tangible change. I don't know, oh. but I mean, if, if if they could transfer even I mean even a quarter of that over to it. I've but anyway, I I don't know shit about oh, like boardrooms and yeah stuff like this. But so. I know for a fact, a four four seats is a very big. No matter what. No matter how large your room is, no matter how many people are set up, four votes automatically is fucking insane. Yeah, that's that's fucking nuts. It is. So look, I mean, uh, like going going back to what you were saying beforehand, like I I never used to like Cole and his brother. I think the the whole um, you remember the whole suicide forest thing yeah. that Logan, yeah. Yeah, Logan, yeah. So it took a lot of like a lot for me to to kind of erase to kind of erase that and i think i kind of had a a prejudice and a preconceived uh preconceived belief as to what jake would would be like because of his brother which is completely unfair but we're only humans humans do that and uh but slowly but surely he's he's changing my he's changing my my perception of him and what we have to factor in is as well is that um he's he's taken uh amanda serrano under like uh, under uh, under his wing, he signed her to her her promotions, and I'm pretty sure that she's now a millionaire because of him. But it's uh, making making a tangible change in that uh, in in that, in that sense, and he's also playing uh, a role in securing what's probably going to be one of the biggest women's fights of all time uh, between uh, Amanda mm-hmm. and Katie Taylor as well. So he's doing something on on, on the boxing side of things, and if if I, I just hope this is genuine and that he's. He's not trying to just keep himself in the headlines and keep himself on the on the minds of mixed martial arts fans. And I I, I truly hope that he that he he's invested in this and that he wants to make tangible change in terms of, of, of the pay structure. Because I mean, we saw the the, the payouts. We saw we saw the disclosed payouts from the California State Athletic Commission. Man, I mean that um what was it? Gennaro Valdez, the guy that that for um. Matt Frivola, he got ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars for that. Ten thousand dollars for the, for that beatdown and, and and what have you. And obviously, he's a UFC newcomer. Yes, he shouldn't be getting crazy, crazy money to begin with. But I mean, ideally, I I, I think what it should be is like if you come into the UFC, and maybe this figure could be higher. But I think it should it should be a bare minimum of fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars. That's that's how much you should be getting paid for your first fight. That's how much. Well, I think that's a reasonable amount to begin with, and then subsequently you you earn more. But 
But anyway, I just hope Jake Paul isn't fucking us around. And if 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 he's being if he's being serious, then I'm a hundred percent behind him. A hundred percent. I'll even subscribe to the dude's channel on YouTube. Wow. If, if it's true, and I I I only follow a handful of people on on YouTube as well. So, I mean, hopefully, again, we can make some tangible change. But uh, I mean, Dana White just must be thinking, when is this kid gonna stop, man? Because yeah. he's been relentless. He's been mm. relentless with it, but. In the pursuit of change, whether it be social change or, or economic change or whatever, you have to be relentless. There has to be somebody that's constantly in the faces of the of those of power, those in power, and holding them to account. So, let's just hope that he continues to to do that and that he can have some change. But I think it's it's going to take time. It's it's going to take time, and I think it's going to take a lot more than uh, a YouTuber trolling Dana White and. Uh, well, obviously making investments in, in Endeavor, but it's going to take a lot more than that for tangible change. And if the fighters didn't realize that, I can't remember the last time or there was a sustained period of time where fighter pay was constantly in the news, in the, uh, in the news cycle. It's, it's seemingly been that way for like the last, maybe I want to say four to five months, maybe six months. And, to be, and people might not like this, but Jake Paul has been at the center of it. So if the fighters <laughs> really, really had any, okay, I'm, I'm going to be polite. If the fighters were sensible, they would now think, right, right now is the time. Now, like the, the eyes of the eyes of the world are pretty much on, on this situation, because, well, kind of because of Jake Paul. Now is the time to think, right, let's unionize, let's unionize and let's, 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 let's dig our heels in the, in, into the ground and say, look, look, we're not going to take, we're not going to take this anymore. So hopefully, but I mean, remember what happened with the MMAAA? I can't even remember with, with Bjorn Rebney and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember we, we talked about this and I think we came to the conclusion that some brown envelopes were, uh, were pushed across the table for <laughs> some people to, to, to disappear because they had some, they had some big names in there. So you had Dillashaw. Solid lineup. Dillashaw, you had Cerrone, um, GSP, and Cain Velasquez. I think <laughs> Dana White must have called uh, Cerrone and be like, "Oh, do you not remember when I I, I bailed you out of that uh, bad situation with like yeah, did. or whatever?" Yeah, <laughs> like a situation, like a reminder must have been <clears throat> must have been issued, what have you. But anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on to uh, Mr. Mr. Kyrus Bodley. What do you have for us? Is Eagle FC a freak show promotion, or do they have the chance, the opportunity, the trajectory to actually be a respectable MMA promotion? Me personally, I think so. Everyone's looking at them at grabbing former UFC talent, this, that, third. But it's like, you can think I Tyrus Fong. Mm-hmm. Your first ever event, you got multiple UFC vets. You got other glory. You have glory. You have other people from all over these promotions that people know of who have name value, not just in America, but internationally, and you're having them compete on your card. You have Chael Sonnen as an announcer who basically announces for everybody now. Yeah. So be like, he already comes with his own fan base of people who are going to tune in. Is it on Fight Bells? FC? I think no, it's on FLX. Oh, no. FLX. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard I don't of know it what that is. Yeah, saying. Okay, well, I'll... All right. Well, oh, it's if free it was well. on Fight Pass, that'd be great, though. But that might limit them a little bit. But... If they do like some stream or maybe YouTube or stream on Twitch, stream on that stuff, stream the event there too as well. Like who's to say they can't grow like as large as LFA is in one year? 
Who's to say they couldn't do that? Who's to say they couldn't grow as large as? Now I feel like LFA is a good uh, a good comparison. Who's to say they couldn't become an LFA within one year? And I think they very much well could. They got my boy Kevin Lee in there. You know he's about to be the champion of 165. I don't care what anybody says. That man going he's gonna become a champion. He said it was gonna happen. It's happening. And any it what? All right, I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll, I'll let you any know. organization that has Kevin Lee as world champion, I want to prosper. I want to see it prosper. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Motown Phenom Kevin Lee. I was I was actually I was gutted when he got cut, but I mean Kairos, like yeah. I think he's fight. Is he not fighting for the inaugural title against Diego Sanchez? I didn't know it was for a title. I well, I know, I know, I know he's fighting uh, Diego Sanchez. I don't know. May, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll I'll get back to that. But if that's the case, come on, man. That's <laughs> like. Hey, listen, listen. Here's the thing: organizations have growing pains. You go back to the first. Look at any promotion's first event where they had a title on the line for a new division. We can't sit here and be like. Those two guys are fucking at the top of their game. World beat is ready. Like, it's like, it is what it is. And at least these two guys are well-known, have marquee name value, have, what, close to 20 fights. Yeah, I think Kevin Lee has 20 fights total by now. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah both have 20 18, plus 18 fights. 18 and 7. 18 and 7. Okay, yeah. So he's more, yeah. Both of them have 20 plus fights to their name, especially Diego. Like, it's like, okay, great. Like, I'm not sitting here going to act like this is the UFC, but like, it's Eagle FC, baby. We do what we want. We do what we want. No, there's some interesting fights on the card. Like, um, I know uh, well, Tyron Spong wasn't meant to fight Karatonov to begin with. Who was he? Was he meant to fight um, Bigfoot Silver? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's why, and it's like when I saw that, I was like, come on, man. I was like, what, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Like, uh, <laughs> listen. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. We can say all we want about this, but if they don't fight for them, they're going to fight for somebody else anyway. That's the whole thing. Like, I've yeah. I've been slowly changing my opinion on this because it's like, all right, it's either they're going to fight for you or they're going to fight for another promotion. Like, where the fuck is Hinton Burrell right now? I think he got signed to FC also. He he, he got bought out of his current contract because he was supposed to fight for a regional show, but it got canceled, and FC bought him out of his contract. Now he's for FC. So, like, if they don't fight, for the UFC, it's going to be someone else. If they're out of their prime, they're going to fight for someone else anyway because they want to fight. Yeah. I'm going to watch it, you know. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to lie. I, not gonna lie. I'm going to be watching through kind of like, you know, closed fingers around my eyes when Rashad <laughs> Evans takes a walk to the cage. Because, come on, are we honestly going to sit here and say that we're looking forward to this old grizzled veteran who has, you know, been knocked out and knocked up more times than Jenna Jameson. The way that I look at this is they're doing the right thing by getting star power here. They're doing the right thing in the names which they've actually uh, attached to this card, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of like, um, do you care and attention to the fighters? Because Richard Evans, let's face it, he should not be fighting. Yeah, I don't think so. But Mike, in his defense, he's only been knocked out Twice since he lost, since he got knocked out by Leo Machida. But the thing is, really yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yes, of course. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But my, my main issue with it is just the, um, the, 
I don't want to sound crude or whatever, but the degeneration of, of, of skills and the, the the timing no longer being there. And obviously that's yeah. leading to him being, uh, him being knocked out. Uh, yeah. Again, will I tune in and, and well, I'll, I'll be fat. I'm not going to lie. I'll watch it. I'll watch it on the Sunday morning. I'll find it. I'll, I'll watch the main card from, from the Sunday morning. But like you said, I'll be like, kind of like, you know, when you're a young kid watching a horror film, like hands behind yeah it's yeah. but why do, why do we do that for certain fighters okay like <clears throat> we're doing that for Rashad but you got Alexi Olenek on the UFC roster the motherfucker got like 150 fights he's like <laughs> he ain't he ain't 30 he's like 50 he got 100 something fights he has more wins by submission than most people have fucking fights in their career yeah you got like you got the you got the Russian dudes who got 50 60 70 80 Anthony Smith got fucking like 60 fights we ain't sitting here like I know Anthony's winning but it's like Bro, he's still up there in age. He's been fighting for a very long time, and he has the amount of fights underneath his belt, too. When we ain't closing the eyes and shit, you got Fedor fucking still fighting. You got these dudes. It's like the Brazilians, the Russians, and I can't I can't remember the other ones, where they just have fighters with crazy amounts of fights and crazy amount of, like, a career in their age. Yeah. Like, who's the... I, that's why I'm just like, I can't I can't pick and choose like this. It's either I'm, like, cool, and I watch it all, or I'm just, like, not cool, and I don't watch any of it. And I'm just... I'm at the point where I'm watching it all. You see, maybe, just maybe, I, I'm, you know, showing again my personal bias because when Rashad came to London, I spent a lot of time with Rashad. Um, actually, the, the, the two times he came to London, I spent a lot of time with him. We filmed all day and we did like, you know, an interview on the first occasion that he came over. And when he came over again to support Spong, um, I filmed behind the scenes of him. We had a really deep chat. And for me, it's because I know the side of Rashad away from the mm. cameras. I know the jovial Rashad, the, 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 the comedic Rashad. And I just don't want to see my guy get knocked out because there is that connection there. And you're right, you're right. We do pick and choose. We pick and choose who we want to see get knocked out. We pick and choose and uh, close our eyes and uh, our hands over our eyes for specific people. And I'm just being specific in this case and that that is why I don't want to see that happen. Fair enough. I got confused. I was uh, I was saying this story again. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about, I got confused with Rumble. Remember when Rumble said he was going to be you and then he just... Like, <laughs> no, I, I want to see him get knocked out. I want to see Anthony Rumble get knocked out. Left me hanging on. Now that you got me started, left me hanging on all night. Not even just for a couple of hours, all night for an interview. Anyway. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. But let's see who else is on the card. Um, I know Ray Borg's on the card, is he not? He's yeah, fighting. he is. Let me get it up. He's fighting Cody he Gibson. Cody Gibson. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, on my screen, it says it's happening on Friday. Is it Friday? I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good fight. That, that that that's a good fight. The the Cody Gibson and Ray Borg fight. Um, man, Sergey Karatonov is still going as well. Four forty one years old. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe maybe I'm kind of being a bit. Okay, yeah. I I, I mean, do you not know, see what Karatonov did to uh, to Danny Williams in a boxing match last year? You remember Danny Williams who knocked out Mike Tyson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I mean, and Danny Williams, like he just he looked disheveled. He like he's he's obviously in need of money or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a money fight. Yeah, it's a money fight, and he just murked them quickly, man. Uh, but mm. 
I mean, Karatonov, he's, he's still got, like, he's, so he lost to Czech Congo in Bellator 265. Uh, prior to that, he beat Oli Thompson. He lost to Linton Vassell, lost to, beat Matt Mitriona. So he's still, believe it or not, he's still <laughs> actually relatively, relatively decent. <laughs> so I, I, okay, yeah, maybe it's because I was being biased in the way that he knocked out D- Danny Williams. And, and that. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of warming around to Kairos's, Kairos's, uh is a standpoint in this. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll download the card and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shout. But they, as, as you said as well, and any burgeoning mixed martial arts or combat sports show, uh, show is going to have have these growing pains, and where you're going to have this type of matchup. But did you see the matchup that Mike uh, took place in Glasgow in last September from Evolve, uh, no Evolution of Combat? What was Evolution the matchup? Did you not see? Oh, did you not see the match? Like, this went viral on. Oh, oh okay. it was like a little kid, and like you had this kind of like Tyson yes. chisel bodied Adonis <laughs> next to him. Yes, and yeah, that fight lasted about ten seconds, if I remember ten, right. Ten, well, yeah. both of them. So apparently, the, the well, the little, he's not a little kid. He's twenty-one years old. That guy. Wow. You know. But uh, and then he looked ten. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 looked ten. But apparently, that was the the product of. Uh, it was a short notice fight that like the, the the opponent couldn't make it and whatever and then somebody decided to step up and, well, and someone whatever. from the crowd <laughs> they got Hasbula's ass up in the cage <laughs> nah, uh, uh, Kairos did you did you see the image of it I saw the clip on IG I didn't know that's what that was from I was like what I thought it was just some random promotion in like America I'm like what the fuck is this Nah nah it, was, it, ha- it happened over here in, in 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 the UK but yeah like going back to the point I was try- I was trying to get across so yeah there's always going to be situations situations like that even even like in the early days of 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 like the UFC there were some people who had no business being in there with the people who they yeah. were against so okay I'm I'll I'll revisit this in a year's time, if you keep having like certain like matchups like we discussed. And yeah, like, yeah. I'll revisit in a year. Okay, maybe eighteen months time because obviously they're trying to. Yeah, give them more time because think yeah. about it this way: the UFC had Shayna Baszler versus Amanda Nunes. Like, come on, come on, <laughs> yes. really, guys? Shayna couldn't win a single fight when she signed with the UFC. Y'all gave her Amanda, so that's obviously like, and that's not even that long ago. That's like seven yeah. years. Well, some some might argue the uh, the main event of UFC two or six was a was a, was a similar one with Amanda and uh, and Ronda. So yeah, some yeah some. I guess I mean, I'm not trying to belittle her uh, her her legacy in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, like, and I and I think I think a lot of people also didn't truly see the mismatch because of the lack of promotion from the UFC and on 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 Amanda's part. That uh, yeah, that was probably yeah. That was probably what I, I'd arguably say that's the most one-sided championship defeat in UFC history. Like, but because obviously there was a, there was a finish. Like Kamaru Usman dethroning um, Time Worthy was emphatic. That I, I still I still think that's probably it, well arguably it's yeah, it's arguably the most dominant uh, dethroning. Of a yeah. <laughs> That was bad. Far McGregor Aldo, if you if you know what I mean. But I'd probably I kind of rank that a bit higher because it was sustained and for so long. But um, anyway, we've uh, yeah, e- EFCs. I'll I'll come back in uh, 
in, in 18 months. Mm-hmm. They've got some. They've got they've signed some good fighters to it. Kevin Lee, Motown Phenom. I'll root for him wherever he goes. I'm ho- hoping, uh, hoping he gets back on his feet and uh, at Eagle FC. And don't you just find it weird that Kevin Lee, who actually deserves a lot of props for being the first one to call out Habib, and he was he was calling out for Habib for years before people even entertained the prospect of it. So, isn't it weird that now he's like Mr. Boss Man is Habib for him? Like it's it's weird, isn't it? It's weird, but I think it's a testament, though, to who Habib is as a person. He's like, listen, I'm yeah. not going to take ill will into business with you, brother. If you can fight, you can fight. You know what I mean? So I respect yeah. that. It's I all respect about the that. money. It's business, never personal. And I'm glad we do have Eagle FC to look forward to this coming weekend, albeit on Fridays. Just that that's going to fill a, a, a nice uh, MMA-sized hole. But apart from Eagle FC, then what are you going to what are you guys going to be up to on, on Saturday then? What's what's filling your time? Because I know Ozark's calling me. Oh, yeah. wow. It's calling me. That is I already started flying Saturday. Uh, I'm working I'm working the late shift. I'm working four till midnight, man, this weekend. So it's it's a rough, rough-ass shift. But uh, but I, I get to do get to do it from home. So it's 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 not it's not too bad. But there, there's no fights on whatsoever. It'd be different if there were fights on. Do you know what I mean? And then but Yes. How about you, Kairos? What's what, what's filling your your fight slot this coming weekend? I gotta rewatch some of the fights from this past pay per view because I was driving while it was going on, so I missed like a decent bit of them. So I'll catch up on those. I'm gonna catch up on like other organizations that I haven't been watching much, and then uh, I'm gonna recover because I'm fucked up right now. Damn. Well, I'm wishing you a speedy recovery. We're both wishing you a speedy recovery. Oh wait, wait and, before um, we go, before we go, I know this isn't yeah, like we're predominantly MMA. Uh, podcast, but what do you make? I'm sure you guys must have seen this. What do you make of Anthony Joshua potentially accepting 15 million pounds to step aside from the Usyk rematch <clears throat> to allow Tyson Fury to fight? What's your thoughts? For me, I'm, I'm, we just do a quick fire thing on this. If I'm Anthony, I take that money. And so long as I'm guaranteed the rematch, the, 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 the crack at the winner, take that bag all day long. You've seen the video. Anthony wasn't offered 15 million to step aside. He said it, if you if you hear bullshit from elsewhere, don't believe it. And if you hear bullshit from him, don't believe it. <laughs> so he just misspoke there. Come but, on. But to be honest with you, if I were him, I would take the 15 million. I'd yeah. step aside. Because I've said this to you before and I'll say this to your eyes today. His days are over, man. Nah, where is he going from? Because he ain't going up against Tyson, is he? People, okay, people put too much stock in Tyson Fury's victory. Tyson Fury, yes, okay, all right, all right. The same, the same people who are saying Tyson Fury is, uh, what, what, what arguably the greatest heavyweight boxer of recent times, are the yes. same people saying that Deontay Wilder is a one-dimensional bum. You can't say Deontay Wilder is a one-dimensional bum, and then on the other hand say. Like eulogize <laughs> to the victories that he's had. Well, Tyson Fury has only had one title defense, and he's fought Deontay Wilder three times. He beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2015, mm. and yeah, that was an impressive victory. But other than like, look at the resume of other people that Anthony Joshua's fought in, in in this time. Nah, don't get me wrong. I like both of them, but I'm not having this Anthony Joshua slander, bro. I'm not having like it. like you say, quick fire round, Kairos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know me. I don't know shit about boxing. I would take the money. I would take that fucking money because what? And if you do get the fight after the fact, now you just doubled up with however much you were gonna make anyway. So why not? 
Oh, people, I've just seen that um, Dana White is going to be doing uh, fan ESPN Q&A. plus fan access. <laughs> oh, yeah. On ESPN. Oh, Yo, he ain't ready for that. He ain't ready he for is. that. He is. He is. Because the questions will be sanitized. They will be vetted beforehand. They'll be mm. fed probably to Laura Sanko, who will say, oh, so uh, when are you going to Poland? It will be questions like that. Okay. I would be shocked and surprised and eat my words if the first question is, okay, Dana, let's address the elephant in the room. Where the fuck were you on Saturday night when the heavyweight title needed to be actually pinned to somebody's, yeah. well, breast? But at the same time, right, they could then, they well, that question could get fed to him beforehand, right? And then he could come up with an answer and then they could, yeah. they could come up with a clip will then do the rounds on ESPN and then like on the UFC's things. And, and do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I look I look forward to waking up and seeing it tomorrow morning because, well, well, Kairos will be well the only one who gets to see the immediate, uh, the immediate fallout from it. So because of the time difference, but. I'm looking I'll see the viral clip alongside you. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, I think I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens. Mm. Okay, well, we've come to the end of Shots 5. Thank you, gentlemen. Put your guns back in your... And we'll be back next week for more Target Practice.